0: And welcome back to the Stu Simpson Show podcast at the second episode of season four. In this season, we're talking all about LGBTQIA plus issues, communities and wonderful, wonderful creative people. And today, our wonderful creative person is Mark Block, a.k.a. Hawthorne?
1: No, it used to be Hawthorne Blossom oh. is my fairy name. Uh, sorry, used to be just Hawthorne. Now it's Hawthorne Mm -hmm. Blossom, and I mostly go by Blossom as a a radical fairy. Excellent.
0: Makes me think of the the 1990s TV show Blossom, which I loved. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I better check that out.
1: There's um,
0: uh, Mayim Blick from The Big Bang Theory. She was a child actress. It was was one of those sort of teeny kind of... um, kiddie things, but um, not for boys, obviously, not for boys, but I loved it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. yes
0: there are so, a few and like speaking that, of right? which, what are your pronouns?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm not too fussy about pronouns. I generally say he, she, or they. Um, I was, yeah, I'm happy with anything, really. I didn't, there was a time when I would object to being called she in the gay way. Yeah. Um, but I don't anymore. I realised that that was probably a bit of um, internalised... Uh, misogyny and homophobia, and, um, but um, yeah, if people want to call me she in a gay way, that's also fine these days.
0: Oh, yeah, I was a bit weird with that at first. Now I don't really care anymore either. So it, I think it maybe comes with growing up a little bit, and kind of also as culture has changed as well.
1: Mm. Yes, yes, it has a lot. Yes, and I kind of think yes, I, I, there are sometimes there are some ways in which I express myself in quite what's considered to be a
0: feminine way. So, yeah. yeah i have my i have my moments and i'm good with that <laughs> yes, absolutely yeah. so um we're here we've got i've got you here today not just to talk about you and your personal journey um and in, in becoming who you are um or just being who you are uh also about queer spirit which is mm. a fantastic festival and your involvement in it can you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about what queer spirit is Queer
1: spirit is so i've got i've got a very pithy ten word phrase we We recently had a um a, a planning meeting um where somebody said, you know we need a tagline? can somebody come up with something that's less than ten words? <laughs> and I managed to come up with the following queer spirit is Hey, and I'm reading off a thing i can, I've pinned on my thing. Um, Queer Spirit is a grassroots LGBTQIA plus liberation movement celebrating authentic living and spirituality. Wow. Yes, and when I said that, they went, "Oh, oh, quick, write that down." I already had written it down, <laughs> so I'm not, <laughs> sure. I'm not sure whether they're officially using it yet as a tagline for the festival. It is. It is still actually quite long, really. But,
0: um, trying to describe it. It's written, written, printed, and laminated. <laughs> mm,
1: yes. So, um yeah, the liberation movement bit is kind of. It's, yeah I think we're trying to get more more politics into it, but it's certainly very much um a spiritual festival there's a clue in the name um spirit as one, one of the two names uh so there is a very a very much an emphasis on on spirituality um in a broadly pagan way it's not um it's not uh, prescribed. In any way, it's not' following any one particular pagan tradition, but it's uh we do have you know we have ceremonies opening and closing ceremonies, we have ceremonies by the fire this year we're going to have a big full moon ceremony because it's happening very close to full moon this year um and it's yeah as I say, it's broadly a pagan thing people people call the quarters the directions at north, south, east, and west, and the elements and things and um, kind of work within that within that paradigm and a lot of people there are in that sort of um that frame of mind, and a lot of the workshops are things like golden baths and all sorts of things. I well, I know. You, I think you've had Shakti on the podcast before. Yes. Shakti is the one who deals with workshops and things. I'm I'm just my involvement is on the performance side of it. Um. So uh, I I I coordinate all the performance. Um. Which is just a it's part a- of the festival. It's not. It's not a music festival. By any means, there is plenty of music, but um, it's much broader than that. It's a kind of mm. it's a festival celebrating lots of other things.
0: Well, I found that the dancing, because uh, there's dancing at the end, you've got DJs and things in, on on a few days and stuff. Yeah, and I found that in itself different to how I've experienced dancing things like uh, like folk festivals or, or, or other music mm. festivals. It definitely felt, even though they were playing sort of similar songs, similar tunes, they felt like there was much more of a, a catharsis to it. it was like a spiritual mm-hmm. element to, to, um, because you can be who you want to be there. You can mm-hmm. wear what you want or, or not wear what you want.
1: Or not wear anything at all, indeed. Yes, that's, that's also awesome, yeah. the thing that happens. Yeah. Um, the dancing, certainly, yes. I find it, I find it a very beautiful experience. And, um, yeah, there's something very, uh, there's a very, very, much community feeling to the dancing. I think it's, it's really interesting. as You say that uh, maybe because it's a small festival and people know lots of people there, and 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 you know we're expressing our joy in that moment, and so you can, I think, we have a lot of interaction, visual, visual interactions, and kind of energy dancing, things, people dancing with each other, um, maybe in more of a way than than you would at another festival, there's more sharing going on.
0: Yes, I found it very, it was one of the most, probably the most interesting festival that I've ever been to in the sense that I found it challenging, but also enriching and enlivening. I've only been the once Mm. and and hopefully I'll be back uh, this year with Big Boys Camp, Yeah, fingers crossed. It depends on the person who who, who does all the bookings, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, you'll have to
1: wait and see. You have to
0: wait and find out. Yeah. No, but you've offered to do some
1: MCing, so you're definitely. I have offered to do some MCing. We need lots of MCs. You're definitely. don't no worry about that.
0: Excellent. We know that I can talk talk, talk nonsense until like I was going home. Hence yes. podcasting. <laughs> but um,
1: I think I think your question is about. Oh, I had it then, and it's gone. Um, yes. Oh, being challenging and enriching. Yes, I think a lot of yes, I think a lot of people find that. Um, if you look on on the website, which is uh, QueerSpirit.net. Get that in there. Mm-hmm. Um there are lots of testimonials from people who yeah, kind of yeah, say it's a life changing experience. It's it's extraordinary. Um what would have been clever, which I could maybe do now, actually, is I've probably got the tab open somewhere anyway. No, I've closed it. To be able to reel off some of those quotes of things people say. And I've got to type in squeeze instead of queer. How
0: <laughs> there could be a um puts it Freudian. <laughs> it could be, yes,
1: there's a certain amount of squeezing going on. In, in different ways. Yeah,
0: tell us about, it. as you're looking, if you can, if you can multitask, um, right. you can tell us, you can tell, uh, tell us what's, what is available at the festival in the sense of, um, where can people stay, um, mm. what tents are on, what workshops, all that sort of stuff.
1: Yes, I can try and do a bit of that. It's um, So mostly it's camping, it's a camping festival. And the site, um, we had a new site last year, um, is Bridwell Park in Devon, which is a very, very beautiful site. It's um, the grounds of a stately home, um, owned by Lord Ivor Mountbatten and his partner is the first member of the extended royal family to have a civil partnership. Excellent. Like pretty much the only a- out gay member of the Royal Extended Royal family. We have to say extended because he's not officially royal or something. But anyway, anyway. Does he have a title? Yeah, Lord. Lord, and he's, he's so um he's a Lord. Lord and so the famous, the famous Mountbatten, who was Lord uh, Louis Mountbatten, who was um the one who was murdered by the IRA. Um, he was Lord Ivor's great uncle. So. Uh, but he's descended from—he's uh, also descended from Queen Victoria, and he's descended from Catherine the Great, which I wow. find extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he's—he um, owns the land and was very happy to welcome Queer Spirit Festival in, um, and happy to have us back again. And it looks as if we may have a permanent home for the festival now, which is great. We've been on two different sites before. Um, and this is by far the best there's, there's like 800 year old oaks through the middle of the site and really beautiful piece of land so i was talking about the accommodation which is mainly camping there is um a glamping option as well for those who prefer that um plenty of glamping tents and there are there is a very small amount of um indoor accommodation in what's a converted stable block um some very lovely rooms in there um Mm. So that's, yeah, that's the accommodation, um, you were asking about we'll what things happen. Workshops. I mean, yes, uh, so I'm, again, so I'm reading from the website now, dozens of facilitators are sharing their skills in the workshop dome, campaigns area, women's space, yoga space, sacred sexuality temple and outside around the park, there will be group ceremonies, fire circles, drumming, DJ sets, two performance stages featuring singer-songwriters, poets, bands, drag, clowns and more, plus cafes, welfare space, crafts area, traders, healing garden, sauna, and accessible quiet and family camping areas. That's, um, what people have said about Queer Spirited Festival, a spirited love fest like no other transformative, utterly 100% accepted and celebrated for who I am. The energy wow. from start to finish was beautifully palpable and entrancing. Palpable. I always want to say palpable, like <laughs> Fry. I'm sorry, I've completely veered off into a, a memory of, of Fry and Laurie, and I think the word wasn't palpable, it was maybe capable, are we capable? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it works too. It sorry about that,
1: but uh,
0: it's very onomatopoeic.
1: It is, and there is a there is a vague connection there in Stephen Fry. That's but, true. You know, yes, it's people true. have called it oh, yeah. a beautiful and unique happening, a real feel of harmony and celebration. So, yeah.
0: um, I, I was I was really surprised by um because being the the husband of a of a farmer's son. Um, if there's no meat in the meal, then it's not a meal. <laughs> yes. But I, I absolutely loved the cafe, the because ve- it was all vegan food, mm. all of it, and it was it was absolutely delicious. I had a, and I actually came away and feeling very satiated from from the, from the mm. in so many ways, but um, also nourished, like with food.
1: <laughs> yes, with soul food as well. I mean, this is the the cafe is kind of a big feature of it that um, we actually kind of all eat together the same meal um, up to a point I mean there are there are one or two other food outlets the, the site um, the park has its own cafe the orangery which does food as well and there may be one or two stalls but it's not like um, mainstream festivals where there are lots and lots of food stalls and everyone mm-hmm. eats separately from from different food stalls or they do their own um, food in the campsite obviously that's always an option as well um, but the saying
0: a good possibly sneak off for us for a, like a sneaky sausage roll
1: you could you could do that yeah yeah it would be organic because the cafe is very oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um uh, but yeah but the, the the um the main cafe uh is run by radical fairies and um yeah all vegan um lovely food and it's a kind of yeah it's one big meal for everybody at the site and um
0: that's mm-hmm. quite an experience the whole communal eating thing it's a um i found i had a lot of that when i did the camino and at first it was that was really intimidating but after a little I just to kind of get used to eating with strangers and all of a sudden they, they're no longer strangers and become this homogenized um well, body of unity
1: something something my mother talked about in, uh her, her later years was the word companion from it's from the Latin of to break bread together, the pan part is mm. is to do with bread, and companions are people who you break bread with you eat together yeah. um and it is it's a very very primal human thing, isn't it it's um mm. it's uh yeah, so yeah, you eat together, you become companions
0: and I suppose that does tend to it seems to have the effect of getting us back to who we naturally are as people. Mm. I sit around fires. You talk. You commune with food and um, mm. a dance. It's all very ritualistic, and um, there's things from from lots of different cultures which are seem to be a part of it. Is is that fair to say?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah, and um, yes, lots of people bring aspects of their own cultures that that um, people who come along from different cultures and bring bring with them. And uh, yeah, and like like one of the creators said that you know lots of almost everything is accepted and valued, and people are accepted and valued for who they are and for what they are. Um, I'm not just in terms of sexuality and gender diversity, but um, in in many other ways as well.
0: So how did it all start?
1: Um, So the first festival was in uh, 2016, Um, so Shakti, who um, we've spoken to before, and uh, so Shakti has been part of, uh, well, instrumental in bringing radical fairies to Britain, to Albion, as we call it, among the fairies. Um, so, and lots of people, you know, there's a strong association with radical fairies, but this is not a radical fairy event. Uh, a lot of people at Quiz Spirit are drawn from the Albion fairy um, community and come from it. But, I um, I think the original. Um, the original team of five people who put the first festival, to, festival together were all Albion fairies or knew each other through that, but also involved in other things as well. Um, queer Pagan Camp was a thing that used to happen and some, that was some element from that as well. Um, and I'm not sure, I suppose you would have to ask Shock Shakti, how it yes. first came about. I was involved from the start, but not as, not as centrally as I am now. Um, I wasn't part of that original team putting it together, but I think it was, yeah, the intention was to, to um, probably to do to do something bigger than than radical fairy gatherings and that was broader and more inclusive, um, and kind of really focusing on spirituality and, uh, and bringing lots of people together in a field to celebrate.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's. I'm going to. End- Delve into the tent where I never, uh, where I never was brave enough to, to delve into. I'm going to ask you about the sacred sexuality tent. What happens mm. in the tent?
1: Well, you see, I'm rarely also rarely brave enough to venture much into there. Um, lots lots of things happening there. People people put on specific workshops, mm-hmm. um, and facilitate certain. Certain workshops and play shops. Um, so, one of that I can think of is the bonobo experience. Um, so, you know, maybe you know about bonobos, they're uh, apes are very, very similar to us as humans in their, their DNA and in their social. Um, they're very, very social creatures and um, have a whole system of um, well, various things. I'm just talking off the top of my head here. I'm not. <laughs> Not an expert, I mean. but apparently, apparently, bonobos resolve conflicts by having sex. Um, wow! And they can be—they're quite queer and sort of pansexual, you know. um, and so yes. Yeah, so there's a workshop that that does stuff around that. And, and, and in fact, they—they they run the people who do that run a whole bonobo experience weekend or weekend more <laughs> in Spain. Sounds amazing. Um, but as I say, I'm uh, not much of an expert in that at all. But uh, I mean, so the the, the sacred sexuality tent is also um, sometimes available just as a, what's known as a play space, um, sex party space, I think. Um, I think did,
0: wasn't there a cuddle workshop or something? Like that? Oh, yes,
1: yes, there are things that are kind of a bit more vanilla as well. Um, cuddle workshops and cuddle... Cuddle puddles and um, and kind of relating, authentic relating games and that sort of thing. Um, So yes, it's more, and it's yes, it's very much about seeing sexuality as sacred. Again, there's a clue in the name, sacred sexuality temple. Um, It's not just um, a sex space. It's about
0: a knocking (laughs) shop. No, it's a a quaint old terminology, isn't it? so well I, th- I think this that's quite and an, that's if there's anything more on queer spirit are you allowed to tell us about any bands you've booked or anything yet or um, well the booking or, at the uh,
1: moment um so we're speaking in the middle of january i don't know how quickly your podcast goes out but um we we're at kind of early stages of that at the moment of collecting applications from performers yeah. um to look at those and see who we would like to to book um but in the past we've had um yeah, well we've had yourself, Big Boys Camp, um, Rights of Hadda, a big punk band, they're actually quite well known on the punk scene, I believe. Um, oh,
0: have you seen Archivemesis? No. Oh, I absolutely highly recommend them, they were supporting Man on Man um, when mm-hmm. I saw them in, in London, they ended up be perfect for, for ah. Queer Spirit. So yeah, I'll look them up there, they're very yes. punk.
1: So one of the things about, one of the ways in which we're different from um, a mainstream music festival is that we actually don't have any budget to pay performers, so it's kind of, it's really difficult actually asking people to play for free, um, and I sure well, you know as a musician and myself as a musician it's not something we like being asked to do. Um, so it's kind of, it's a tricky thing and um we're offering we, you know, we offer performers a free ticket and and say you know come along and experience and the majority of performers we have are people who want to experience well
0: that's amazing, the interesting the, the thing about, spirit. that's the thing about sort of dealing in a, in a festival which which in, a, in essence deals with spirit uh and and um, and energy and in that sort of sense So you're exchanged so not all powerful exchanges to necessarily to do with cash um mm. and when you when you're giving you're giving something of yourself as a performer and you have this sort of um universal gift um and it's almost a responsibility to somehow kind of actually allow the energy to travel through you and use your skills whether it's music or art or um yoga workshops or whatever it is and it feels to me that actually you you get you get what you give do you know what i mean mm. so if you're giving it and then there's some at something that comes from the fact i was uh so much so much overwhelmed there was so much power in it, queer spirit that i actually had to walk away at one point i went to stay in a hotel because i just oh, couldn't yes. deal with what was happening mm. um it was just it was it it is quite a an interesting and powerful place to be um mm. and uh, but interestingly, there's an awful lot of support there. And when I came back to this, I only I went away for one evening because basically I had a, a nightmare with my tent um, that I borrowed from a friend. The pools weren't in there. Then I found a lesbian couple who allowed me to borrow a, a different tent of theirs, which was wet. And then some guy came in and said, I thought this was the communal tent. It's okay, we can share. I'm like, I'm sorry, I, don't, I have no idea who you are. And mm. I, I'm not that comfortable. I'll go and sleep in the car. Oh, so, yeah uh, so th- but that stuff that was interesting that i felt as if i kind of brought some of that experience myself I, 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 it's like we say you get what you give so i'm bringing some of, the, sort of this tension around my sexuality to this festival and then these circumstances kind of just that i could have quite easily just opened the bag of the tent put it there and it was there but for some reason that wasn't the lessons that i needed to learn i needed to learn something about mm-hmm. um who I am and the stuff around my sexuality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um it it kind of just pushed me in so so many very interesting different aspects. Um and I and I feel as if it's if somebody's ready for that, then um, that's a really good place. But even if they're not ready for it, it can re- really help to move forward and understand um who you are spiritually a little bit better, who you are sexuality wise a little bit better. And it, mo- it moved actually and on that day i ended up phoning my dad and i've not spoken to my dad for, for for a few years um and i was able to get off my chest he wasn't there it was it was just answering machine yeah, yeah but i was able to get off test so many things that i needed to that I needed to say to him mm. after i had been doing workshops and um and i'd sort of spent about an hour just sort of sitting in the sauna and just allowing my, the thoughts to happen yeah uh, uh it was really cathartic it was just, so mm. i do from a personal point of view, recommend if somebody anybody needs to kind of like shift some stuff, it's a good place to kind of go explore on who you are.
1: Absolutely, yes. It's it's in a really amazing um, arena for that to happen in, and uh, yeah. And people who want to do that, who are also performers, um, mm-hmm. can get in get a free ticket in exchange for their performance. You we were talking about kind of exchange of energy, and that's uh, mm. yeah. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, for for performers who are professional touring performers making their living from that, unless they want to experience that amazing queer spiritness, then it's probably not the right thing for them. But um so we're tending to have more um you know, up and coming performers and and as I say, people who really want to be there. We do have, you know, professional touring musicians as well who, who really want to be part of the festival and and um you know, get a big energy exchange from having having an amazing supportive audience as well, generally. <laughs>
0: absolutely.
1: And and but people who great. people who are who maybe uh, maybe struggle to find an audience as a queer performer. It's, yeah. uh, and it's very much more than just drag. I mean some people might think, oh, if it's a queer event, all well, the performance will be drag. That's absolutely not the case at all. In fact, there's very little drag. Yeah, it's all kinds of performance folk is yeah, you know, punk bands. Mm. Funk
0: bands. Um. Yeah, so even the acoustic acts were just things which I'd never even would have thought to experience. So it's yeah, it's the the performances that are just out of this world. So it's hmm. very it's, yeah, it's a very other because I, within the gay scene that I know of, I never really felt as if I related to much stuff. Hmm. Um like a a bit of a rocker and a bit of a punk. Um, and even some of the folky type side of things that I always felt was very heterosexually dominated. But then you come to Queer Spirit and you go, actually, there's there's other punks out there, there's other folkies out there, there's other people who experience life in all these different compartmentalised ways. Um, and they come together as this massive explosion of kind of just different culture, queer mm-hmm. culture. I right?
1: guess. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we, we're here to celebrate that. And in terms of the performance that, uh, yeah, we tend not to go looking... Um for performers to book, because we can't offer them any money, we kind of put out an open call and say, You know if you're interested in this, come to us, so we get lots of different things we get you know we get theater, we get performance art um clowning, you know lots of different kinds of performance and entertainment poetry well, quite a lot of spoken word stuff.
0: Yes, yeah, so I was. So I did regret at some I, was, I just wasn't. there uh, um, was somebody doing some performance poetry and asked if anybody could do any beatboxing. not know if it was good or bad. And I can do a little bit, but I was just too like at that. It was like early in the morning, and I'm like ah. I, do, I, I haven't had a drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's that's another aspect of the
1: festival is that it's largely sober as well. It's not. It's not a blanket. You know, there isn't a ban on any alcohol but there is no bar um and it's a it's a broadly sober festival so um yes i mean i suppose for some some of us in terms of loosening up to do something like beatboxing, (laughs) it might be lacking but um certainly that could
0: that could that could explain some of the reasons why um because this was before my diagnosis when i was at queer spiritualist because of the adhd stuff Hmm. um so there's I have social anxiety around sort of just pe- meeting people one-on-one and so it's it's a continual thing you know, that i'm continually meeting new people if i'm not a part of um that culture that i'm not already work-wise, it's not so bad because i've been a part of that for a long time mm. um but i was like meeting lots and lots and lots of new people and so there's so much stuff going around as a neurodivergent and kind of uh, having to deal with um and the social anxiety thing which i normally deal with by drinking. So <laughs> so yeah, I I I, I, can, I can be in a pub if I've had a drink, but if I've not had a drink, I want to get out there as quickly as possible because there's yeah. so much sort of going on. Um, interestingly, that the times when I had those breakthroughs, um, at queer spirit was after i had to dance a bit, had a bit of a drink a bit, and and, and whatever, um, and those motors allowed me to 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 open up a bit. Um. But interesting to sort of see what happens next time mm. so i'm looking forward to it yeah um other than, other than queer spirit we've talked an awful lot about that yeah um, i yeah. want to know about your story as well mm. tell me how, about you growing up and um when did you come out how when did you know um you were different mm. do you, uh, do you one, one do you identify as gay
1: I I identify as queer now, I did identify as gay, um, uh, but I would definitely identify as queer these days.
0: Um, did you ever go through like a bisexual phase, or?
1: Um, I did, um, yes, yeah, so I was t- 21, um, I started coming out to friends as bisexual um and I was still trying to get girlfriends at the time not doing very well at that <laughs> um but it seemed to me at the time that um that being bisexual would be more accepted than being gay um that uh, you know as long as i was still attracted to women as well then uh um, then that would kind of that would be more okay than than just being gay. And it was interesting. that's just reminded me of um, Tom Daly, who, when he came out, when he did his famous coming out video, also actually said, "Of course, I'm still attracted to girls too. I just happen to be with a man at the moment, and uh, you know who he's now married to." <laughs>
0: yeah, I was children with and, and yeah. many jumpers.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway yes yeah, so it and it took me quite a while, quite a long time to let go of that my last girlfriend or a, a woman who I was trying to be um trying to get to be my girlfriend um also turned out to be a lesbian herself <laughs> but um we we did lots of kissing and cuddling and didn't get much further than that on the sexual front and um and I finally started to think uh, well what happened was it's funny. I was thinking of this just the other day. How those things come up um, in your brain when you're getting rehearsing to say them. That um, at the time, I remember saying to her, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't see myself as living a gay lifestyle because um, I just, you know, there was so little information about it or so few models on the TV or anything. My my only image of a gay lifestyle is um, somebody who. Their entire social life is shopping and then going clubbing and having yep. one night stands. Um, and that, you know, that didn't appeal to me at all. And that was that was what I thought a gay lifestyle was. And and, and she said to me, "Oh, Mark, <laughs> there are as many gay lifestyles as there are gay people." I was like, "Oh, ding!" And that was like a, a light bulb moment. It's like, well, yes, I can actually be be me, and be who I want to be, and and be gay. It doesn't being gay doesn't mean having to be very camp, having to be a a Larry Grayson or a Mr. uh, John Inman, Mr. Humphreys, (laughs) Um, because those those two were pretty much the only characters on the TV. I mean, there was Boy George, so kind of in that era of people starting to be a bit more flamboyant, um, being being out, but then. But then that was, you know, you had to be a pop star to do that, um, which actually I wanted to be as well. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but so, not that kind of pop star, probably. Yeah. So, but, so, yeah, it was really quite slow. This is, I mean, we're talking the um, mid-80s um, at the time and plus the um, HIV, AIDS, panic scare thing was happening. The icebergs on the telly and all that. Yeah. It was not a good time to be coming out um and the kind of the backlash happening around that um clause twenty eight and all of those things were happening and then i was just just after I'd come out, I went to a lot of the stop the clause demonstrations that we had um, so um yeah, it was kind of relatively late, although obviously some people still to this day are coming out even later in life than that. Some people yeah, still yeah. Some people still getting married and having children thinking it will cure them and stuff like that. But I mean mm-hmm. it is remarkable how you know how much things have changed, particularly in the last twenty years. And you know, how could have done for generation. Um I mean, there are a lot
0: of them don't realise around the world it's not the same.
1: Mm. Oh, absolutely. It's-
0: so there's countries where it's still illegal and it's still, still punishable by death in some places. Indeed,
1: yes. Yeah, and still you know, horrendous crackdown. I mean, in Russia, for example, they're still legislating against it and kind of designating, um, designating queer liberation movements as, as um, extremist. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it frightening how much still goes on like that
0: in the world we must never forget how fortunate we are. Um, and a lot of that comes because of uh, people who have come before us. Uh, the storm, Stormwall protesters and uh, the people who, and uh, like Andrew who helped start all that sort of stuff years ago, mm. um, um, Gay Times, all all those people. Um, there's such incredible, amazing men, women, and non-binary people who've just moved the, the world forward for us and transgender people. Mm. And it keeps changing and actually uh yeah like an amount of man lyric which i heard recently uh like now i might not be able to get the references that the kids are talking about what we need to listen to them because we have got an awful lot of great ideas and great information about how we can move forward and how we can be more accepting in the world mm. so yeah it's um the young can learn from the old and the old can learn from the young and everything in between
1: absolutely yes well said yes <laughs> and i think well, yeah, we'll come it... mm?
0: Oh, we we haven't got much time left. No, we haven't. No. Have you got one last thing to say before? I think I was just
1: going to say, like on in um, what you were saying about learning from the young. I think, particularly in terms of gender diversity, um, I think yeah, there's still there's still uh, maybe in the older generation still a lot of resistance Mm -hmm. um, to some of the gender diversity stuff that's happening. Absolutely. I think
0: there's actually the, the North-South divide is also a big part as a cultural thing, which is difficult as well, because I, th- I find, because I know I, you know I travel up and down between the mm. North and the South quite a lot, and I find that it's much more accepting down South around transgender issues, for example, than it is up North.
1: Mm.
0: Um, and it's, I think that's just, that's a, a very big cultural thing around masculinity and femininity and mm. um where people sit within all that sort of so it's an interesting sort of um, thing which could be explored. I might do that on another podcast, hopefully, with a um, transgender person. That'd be quite an interesting thing to talk about.
1: Mm,
0: yes. We shall see. So, if anybody out there is listening who is transgender, I do have somebody in mind at the moment who might come on, um, but I've got a couple of people actually. Um, yeah, that should be an interesting discussion. But mm. thank you very much for talking about Cresper and tell me a little bit about your your story. You're very welcome get a chance to delve as much but i know a lot personally mm-hmm. <laughs> so i love you very much and i look forward to seeing you very soon um at queer spirit if not before then hopefully
1: Definitely before, before that yes always lovely to see you yes, come and stay i'll try
0: all right uh, come and stay and namaste
1: <laughs> namaste
0: love you lots and um thank you very much for being on the Stu simpson show
1: you're welcome goodbye
0: bye-bye <laughs>